But let me tell you this. Everything in life, everything in life comes down to two things. You ready for this? Tell me. It's security and safety. Mm. Everything. Safety, security. Safety, security. You go to school to get a job. Safety, security. Mm. You find a partner. Safety, security. Money. Safety, security. Everything comes down to safety and security. Mm. And do you know what else comes down to safety and security? It's vulnerability. Being able to feel safe mm. and secure in the other person. That they're not going to judge you. They're not going to do this, that, and the other. To feel that safety and openness. Mm. That's, that's what puts you in the place of feeling the ability to share whenever whatever things comes up. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Welcome to the Taking Out the Mass podcast. My name is Ashanti Branch, and I'm glad that you've joined us. Today's conversation is with Chris Atageka. Chris is the founder of UCOT, which is the Unintended Consequences of Technology. He's also a TED speaker. He's a curator of TEDx Oakland, and I've had the opportunity to speak on the TEDx Oakland stage uh, just a year ago. Chris and I also have met through another organization, a local leadership organization, and I had a great opportunity to get to know him and to learn about him. But this conversation is not about any of those titles. This conversation is about masks and how he as a leader, as myself as a leader, or trying to do good work in the world sometimes comes with a lot of hard work. One of the stories that will come up in this conversation is around uh, me having COVID-19 in July and showing up to his podcast to get interviewed, feeling like I was out of energy. Uh, and I just pushed through it. And I didn't want to tell him that, hey, I have COVID <laughs> and um, I should probably reschedule because I really have this feeling like I don't want to fail anybody. And we talked about that as well. And he was shocked that I hadn't told him. He was shocked that it took me weeks later to tell him. Um, and it's a journey that I work on as well as a leader of how do we as leaders find places where we can be supported when we're the ones who are always in charge, when we're the ones who are responsible for everyone else. It's a journey. So you hear a conversation between two leaders, two men, and two brothers that are coming together from different experiences, different backgrounds, different challenges in life, but trying to help make the world better for others. Welcome to Taking Off the Mask podcast. And if you want to be a part of this movement, you can also make your mask at www.100kmasks.com. That's 100, the letter K, masks.com. And join this movement. And if you're inspired by something you hear today, please share it, subscribe, like it, rate us, Help us share the message with others so they can find it like you did. Thank you for being on the journey with us. We look forward to seeing you soon. Welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. Uh, Chris, I'm glad to have you with us. Um, how, how about we do it like this? I think we're going to, we talked about we're going to actually make our mask right now because both of us have been running around and we're going to actually make it together. So why don't we start by you just introducing yourself like, Tell the, the folks who you are, what you've been up to, like, just give us a, tell us a story about who you are. And then, and then we'll jump into the, the conversation. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Ashanti, for having me. I appreciate that very much. Um, so my name is Chris Ategeka, and that last name comes from a small country in East Africa called Uganda. And um, I've been in America for about 15 years now. Um, who am I? I'm a, an entrepreneur. I am a, an engineer. I'm a dad to a 15 year old. And, um, I continue to work on products and services to try to make the world a better place. Beautiful. Fantastic. 
Well, you know, you and I met, I'm trying to think of the first time we met, but we've met in several arenas and circles of folks um, through Hive, through TEDx Oakland, um, through UCOT, the Unintended Consequences of Technology Conference. And so uh, I'm just glad to have you here. Uh, you know, what I tell everyone is that, you know, this is not really an interview, it's more of a conversation. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the way we do the conversation is just to kind of start the conversation. And we use the mask as just a, a way to like help us to like land into a place of like, oh, we're we're talking about real stuff. We're talking about <laughs> we're talking about <laughs> real, like oh, we're gonna go, we're gonna talk about that. I'm like, and there's no you know it's your choice of how deep you want to go and what we're doing together. Maybe we'll we'll make a mask. We'll start mm-hmm. by making a mask, and um, you know if you have a piece of paper there or you know with when we when we do the mask in like workshops. We do them on these cards. I'm going to see if I have a blank card here. And um, the mask is a representation of like what we let the world see. Like what's the what's on the outside of the mask? And then behind the mask, those are the things that we oftentimes maybe don't talk about. We don't mm. see. And so what I want to do is I want to find a mask. So let me let me grab a mask. That I can make one with you right here. Here we go. Um, I created a version of it okay. where it's going to show outside right. of the mask, inside of the mask. That's fantastic. That's perfect right there. We draw a line down the middle. So if, if on the cards, they look kind of like this. They're like, same thing, front of mask, back of mask. But what you have is perfect. And yeah. then just draw a line down the middle. And if anyone out there, if you want to make a mask, you can go to 100kmasks.com. And you can create your own mask anonymously. So Chris and I are going to share our masks here today, but you can make a mask anonymously and invite your friends to make a mask and then maybe get together with them and share it. But so what we're going to do, Chris, um, on the outside, which is the front of the mask, is the first step is just to draw a mask. So whatever you think a mask looks like, how about you draw a mask? Both draw a mask. So that's the outside, right? Yeah, the front of the mask is just a picture of a mask, and it's uh, the words are going to be second. But the first step, we, we tell people this activity is, seems overly simple, but it's really powerful. It's one picture, six words. If you go hashtag one picture, six words, you'll see there's a picture and three words on the front and three words on the back. And so mm. the, the front is just an opportunity for you to draw a picture of a mask just so you can kind of like just what does a mask look like? What is... Uh, and, you know, like a lot of people right now around the world are wearing these personal protection masks, you know, mm. like things that protect themselves from this pandemic we're in. But we're not talking about a personal protection mask. We're talking about like this emotional disconnection mask, right? A mask that blocks us from being really fully known or really fully seen by folks. Oh, wow. That's that's oh, that's deep. Look at that. That's awesome. <laughs> You're an artist. Mm. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So I'm down with the front of the mask, the front of it. Okay. So all you have to do now that you have the front of the mask done is think of three words that are qualities or characteristics of yourself that you gladly let the world see. So what are... So I put them right inside the mask? It can be in the mask, around the mask. Wherever you put it is going to be perfect. It's just on that side. There are the three words or phrases or three words is the easiest, but whatever's comfortable for you, three words or phrases that are qualities of yourself that you gladly let the world see. Mm. You write those somewhere on the left side. Awesome. We are making our masks in real time. Man, this is beautiful. This is the first time (laughs) we've done this. this, Don't don't show it yet. Don't show it yet. yet. We're going to show them together. The real process. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I like the, the suspense. That's right. Because the people right now are making their masks. We don't want them to like take one of your words to make it mm. easy on themselves. We want them to like come up with think their, about oh, it. Yeah. Like what yeah. words or what are the things I'm letting people see that I want people to see? Um, and this is not the question. The question is not what things do people see? Because people can mm. judge us in certain ways that they can be wrong. We're not asking you what do you think people see. We're saying what are the qualities that you that you let people see? What are the qualities that you intentionally let people see and then the back of the mask is different than the front right the back of the mask what are the things that you normally don't talk about 
that you normally don't let people see. So if you can think of three words or three phrases that you feel comfortable writing um, of things that you normally don't talk about, that you normally don't let people see, um, you can write those on the back. On the back of the yeah. mask. Yeah. Got it. Hmm. All right. Let's see. All right, we are we are reinventing the system as we go. Yeah, this is beautiful. This is the first. Like what I tell people is that um, there's no list of uh, of, of questions, and we just take it to, and it'll be a natural time when it's like, yeah, we hit that right spot, right? And what we've also invited people to do is to do like a face to face. So like we invited people to like bring a friend or, and they will do a face to face mask with that person, so that it's like. What if you knew so as somebody who you knew, but you wanted to build a deeper connection with? Like they can come together and they do a mask or they have somebody who they have just, they don't know at all. Maybe we put two people together and say, hey, we have a person we want you to do a face to face with. So the goal for this activity is to build connection, you know? So thank you for being a part of this today. And uh, what, what we've actually done is a, a, a model that we could actually use with our face to faces. Like they just show up, they're ready. And then we'll say, well, you ready to share? So the question yeah. is, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Do you want to go front and then share your back and then I do front and back? Or do you want to, do you have an idea of what feels good for you right now? I think you, you'll run the show. Tell me what is easy. We'll go with it. I, the guest is, the show is about the guest. So if you, you want me to go first, I can go first. If that feels good for you. Uh, no. So I can go first. Okay. So we do the, uh, the, inside of the mask so let me hide the outside and then share and then you can go cool okay. all right sounds good all right so here's my inside of the mask don't know if the camera can pick it up yeah we got it so it's like funny resilient and hard working awesome awesome okay we want me to share my front now mm -hmm. okay so here is my front you see, you see it? Okay. Mm -hmm. So it says funny, serious, <laughs> and hardworking. Right we, are, we are so similar. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, <laughs> so you want you want to talk about any of those? You want to, man, that's that's why we had two two. This is the first time I've actually had two of the same words with anybody. Two out of three. So man. that means we are wearing the same masks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh man, which, uh, yeah. which which one which one of those is like uh, resonating? Like which one is so we had both funny and hardworking. I had serious, and you had what was the other one? Resilient. Resilient. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I I think I mean that is true, but I also um, like to embody it because my life is to try to be useful and um, you know help folks kind of navigate life and 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 see that north star um their purpose in this life so it's not going to be smooth it's not going to be easy so it, it takes a little bit of being um resilient in the process for it to eventually happen so there's truth to it but i also like to exude it outside so that it inspires others to live the same yeah, man, I, and I wrote serious, right? And I think in my serious, it's in order for me to like push through the stuff that tries to block me, right? Like, like being funny is great because I try and make things light and, and for people around, you know, keep things light and fun. But serious is like, well, I gotta, I gotta get through it. Like, I gotta, like, okay, it's time for business now. It's time to like keep pushing. It's time to keep moving, right? It's time to, you know. Sometimes I just want to be like, okay, I just want to lay on the floor and just do nothing right now. I got stuff to do. I got stuff to do. We got to get this thing done. I got this thing coming. You know, it's like, and that connects to the hardworking, like, right? Like I think all like the, and I think the hardworking is deeply connected to some of the things that may come up on the back. Like just of what I think that if I'm not working hard is going to mean about myself or what it's going to. I, I, I liked working hard. I'm not against, I love hard work, but I also, yeah, sometimes yeah. I take it to the extreme, you know? Like, yeah, and you're not alone. So let's share back and see how they're related to the front. Okay, okay. So my back has three things on it. 
So one is failure, the second one is anxiety, and the third one is vulnerability. So to your point, fear of failure is associated with hard work. Responsibilities anxiety is associated with hard work. And then the vulnerability part, I think to me that's um, very hard to even talk about is the idea that when I see someone else being vulnerable, I see that as strength. But when I I am put in that position to being vulnerable, it kind of feels like a weakness. So I kind of like try to avoid it. And there's a whole lot of history attached to it. You know, while growing up, being like, you know, step one, you're homeless on the streets and you, in order not to be jumped, in order to, you don't, you don't want to show any weakness because you want to show strength. You want to show you're tough uh, to navigate because, you know, people see your vulnerable spots and your weak spots and kind of try to pick on you on those. So for me, it was a necessity for survival in those instances. And then I find myself, you know, kind of growing up um, and, and the, the whole concept of being vulnerable, it, it, it's like, it's it become, if, if you are poor, like, and a lot of people who are poor, when you are really, really poor at the bottom of the barrel, mm-hmm. you really don't want to put your laundry out there into the world, right? It's, it's a luxury for a lot of people to be vulnerable, like, oh, well, you know, we live in a mansion, but last week we decided to just spend a night in, you know, outside in a tent because we just wanted to camp out. It's fun. Versus you don't even have a tent. So you, you don't have the luxury to be vulnerable because you want to exude this positive energy. But anyways, I can go on and on and on, but that's a very sore point for me. (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, I think it's really, um, let me share mine because I think it's deeply connected in a lot of ways. Um, I normally write fear of failure, and today I wrote something a little different. So I wrote fear. So mine on the back says fear, not enough, sadness and childhood trauma and um the one that stands out to me when you talked about vulnerability this idea that i always when i see people who have done amazing things i'm and i'm like man can i okay can i do that can i you know like the the story i tell myself is that i got i guess i'm not want to say but can i do it like them and i and i get into comparison and so my fear comes up that you're not who who are you? You're not enough, right? You don't get to brag on yourself. I was I was taught growing up that bragging was not positive. Like you can't like well you think you are special? Like I remember when I was a senior in high school, I was in this situation where like I sometimes didn't talk about it. But my friends, my close friends knew I was going to college. Like they were really like my protectors in a lot of way. But I didn't really talk about it to other people cuz it was like seeing the first fight I ever had, the first fight I ever had was because I was arguing with the teacher about a grade. She gave me a B on this paper that should have been an A, right? <laughs> and right. the kid in the back is like, man, why don't you just take your B and be happy? And I'm like, hey, I'm not talking about you and your D, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not messing with you and your D. You, be, you mind your business. And he walked up to me and like, what you say? And I was like, you heard what I said? Because... I'm talking to the teacher about my grade. Like, this is serious for me. And I remember that fight of like, uh, like it was like that the, the murmurs in the back. Oh, he complaining about a B. Like, but because it was like now out in the open that I was so serious about this grade, about to have a fight with some kid talking about my, like, then it was just like, oh man, that's not cool here. Like, you can't, you can't be showing that you care too much about that, right? So it's like the fear of like people like, oh, what was that? Gonna, what does that mean? I don't. I think where I was going with that is actually I, I, that story came up really, really fast for me. But this idea of being vulnerable, of being like, oh, wait a minute, 
I can't let people know that I care that much about my grade because now it puts you in a weak position, right? It's like, oh, they can, like, oh no, it's just, oh, he doesn't, okay, we're gonna, if we talk more about him, then he's getting unfocused on his work. Now he's fighting all the time and arguing with people all the time. And now he's distracted from the goal, right? And even though they may not think that far ahead, that's kind of what's happening in the moment, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's fascinating. Like I said, it's very fascinating to see certain class of people share and be vulnerable it's easier if you you grow up having or you already have to share vulnerable moments because for you it doesn't take away from the dignity the same way it does for a person who's poor someone who's really poor they're trying to hold it together they want to appear like they are doing well they don't want to put their worst worst parts of their lives out into the public for everyone to see because sometimes people care and other times people are just going to laugh at you so you really don't want to put that out there but man you meet some other americans uh who come from a certain class you meet them the first five minutes they tell you about their chickens they're trying for to get pregnant like they put everything out there into the world because they have the luxury to be that vulnerable. Mm. The other class of people don't. <laughs> it's mm. fascinating. You know, when you talked about you growing up and, and being homeless, I, I guess the question is, when people hear that, when, when you do have the, the, when you are letting yourself be vulnerable to tell those stories, um, how do people respond? How do they, do they know how to respond? They feel like, like, how do you experience people responding to that? Does it make you feel like, I'm glad I shared that? Or is it like, maybe that was too much for them? Like, how, how do you? Yeah, no, over time, you kind of adjust and know your audience. Again, it goes back to the comfort. Like, right now, I'm fine. Like, I've, I've, I've navigated life and I got someplace. So I'm totally fine sharing my old and uh, vulnerable stories but it's even to this day, it's not as easy as it comes for a lot of people, but I'm a little you know, better and share more easier now because it's not, a, 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 it's not an embarrassment. It's more of a badge of honor, which is kind of like a, a distinction mm-hmm. when people are being vulnerable. Yeah. When you'll be, you know, sometimes you want to share something that's really deep and and painful to you, but you're embarrassed about it. Mm. But if you've, um, it's the same way when someone, we hear people from rugs to riches stories all the time, like from this point to that point, they were successful. Like those people are so happy to stand on a podium to be on a TV show and talk about, you know, how their past life was really hard. Right, right. But what we don't hear about is people who actually tried 10, 15 times and they still failed, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's some kind from a society perspective, there's a narrative that the media and the world likes to hear about the conquering of this enemy that you had. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't conquer the enemy, it's still an embarrassment. You feel like you failed. You feel like a failure. So to your question, um, the audiences that I speak to nowadays are more kind of interested in, the journey of how it got from where to where I'm at now. And it's less of an embarrassment from both parts because they're on their vantage point, it's inspiring. Mm. From my vantage point, it's not embarrassing. It's more like I conquered this. So both parties are kind of winning. But if I wasn't in the position I was in, I'll probably be still embarrassed to share. Mm. You know? Man, you know, that's a, that's really powerful. You know, I was um I was at a talk the other day and uh, literally two days before in front of my house, I live in Oakland. Uh, and it used to be, a, it usually, if I guess it used to be a nicer part, I guess it's gotten a little rougher lately, I guess I could say. Um, but I, uh, a car was chasing after another car and literally I'm sitting out here watering ginger. Like I, I planted ginger in front of my house. Right? <laughs> 2020. <laughs> oh my God. Right. And all of a sudden I'm like, I hear cars speeding and they always speed. There's two stop signs. They barely use them. It's like a suggestion. But they were speed. I was like, oh, here come two cars speeding. And I'm always wondering that they're going to hit my car, right? So I look up and the car behind is shooting at the other car, you know? Like 
I see that you see the sparks. Like I'm like, is somebody making a a, a a YouTube movie right here? Is this some kind of fake thing? And literally, I was like, I'm out of practice. I'm born and raised here, right? So when I was younger, if something like that's happening, you duck, you duck and hide. I'm I'm standing up there with the water dripping, like I'm like <laughs> in like in like a 3D like multimedia movie, like. And then my heart started pounding, like my heart afterwards, my heart started pounding. And I remember telling that story to an audience and you know, I'm looking at the faces, you know, it's a Zoom room and I'm doing this presentation and I'm like, oh, I think that was too much for them. Yeah. Like, you know, you're just like, oh, I don't, oh, it, <laughs> I don't know if they're handling this really well or I can't tell, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you're making the story, you're going taking the story, but you're also like, okay, how do I land a point for them, right? Like. And I think what I landed for them was around who knows what other people are going through on a daily basis. Who yeah. knows what situations, traumas, sadness, fears are happening in their neighborhoods right down the street from them, and they don't have anybody to talk to. I'm telling you this story, but you may see it may not resonate with you. But what is the story that resonates, right? So, like, but when you recognize that, I'm sharing something that was really fresh. It just happened. I, I feel kind of embarrassed, like that my neighborhood is like that. That, that would happen like right in front of my house. Like I feel kind of, I feel some things about it as I think, as I, after I told the story, while I was telling it, I was, I had a good point. But when I realized it wasn't landing and that's when you, you make the decision like, oh, okay. That, they, they don't really want to know about the real Oakland. They they just want to know that the story of, of Oakland. No, this is what's happening right now. Like, yeah, yesterday. It's the conquering. It's the conquering part. They want to hear that right now. You are in Beverly Hills. You were born <laughs> and raised in Oakland. You've seen all the rough parts. Now you're out. It's the comfort that people like to sit in that comfort. They don't want to hear things that are uncomfortable, um, and that's where you see this whole, you know, crisis, homelessness going on, yeah. um, and people have a hard time having a conversation about it because you want to you just want to have this belief that the thing doesn't exist and people just walk and jump over people and keep going on about their day um but yeah it's 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 the comfort but to your point i think um even um to your to your earlier starting point the idea of like a need to know basis so there are some stories about our lives yeah. that I think is on a need to know basis. Sometimes you really maybe don't want to burden the other person with it. Maybe the other person doesn't care and there's no need and there's no reason. So it, there has to be some sort of like, is your sharing this bringing any value to the other person? Is it bringing value to you? Do you feel like you remove something off your chest and that's why you're sharing this? But it's sharing for the heck of sharing. I think uh, it does disservice all, both parties. <laughs> mm, yeah, I mean, that's a great point. I mean, I think that as, as a storyteller, you always have to decide on those, right? Like of all the stories I've experienced, which ones have a, a important landing, right? And so when I... I think when, as you've told so many stories before, I I can't prepare the really the, it in, ahead of time. Like I have to walk into the room, I have them I have them all in here somewhere, and I'm looking at the faces, I'm looking at how they're walking, and I'm, then I'm like, oh, I think they need this one, right? Yeah, and also I feel like you shouldn't or I shouldn't be putting ourselves in a position of apologizing for what other people feel. These are real experiences this is what we went through this is what we are going through and you're just being authentic you're sharing and it may make some people uncomfortable it may make their eyeballs dilate a little more but the this is the reality and sometimes people are actually learning from those experiences they are becoming more empathetic you know to others and and all these lessons so I feel like there's no need for filtering, nor a need for apologizing. You're just sharing your story. They're going to receive it the way they do. <laughs> very, very true. Very yeah. true. You know, growing up, as you told just a little piece of your story a little while ago, and now that you said, okay, 
I can tell the story. I like that when you talked about the badge of badge of honor, right? Like, uh, you know, you and I had so full like transparency. You know, you know, I know Chris from before. Um, he invited me to be on his podcast, uh, Grats a Tribe, and I'm sure he's going to tell us about it a little bit later. The, the day I was being interviewed by Chris, I was battling COVID nineteen, and it still blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, and I only recently told him because it, it just came up, but I was like, "Yeah, I was I was trying to like keep myself propped up on the table, and I didn't want to burden." you with it. you invited me to do this i was like yes I, we we get along really well i didn't think that you would judge me but maybe i did i i just never want to back down i never want to like take my word well take, uh, take it to my word i feel more bad about saying hey i can't do what i said i was going to do i feel like i'm not keeping my word so i i hold this while i'm like spinning i'm, I'm dizzy i'm like i can't smell anything i'm it was a wild situation, but I was like, I made a commitment. And so like, I remember like, like resting on a table with my elbow, like just keeping my body up. And I remember once we finished, I was like, okay, yep, you're good. Okay. And I laid on the floor right there. And I was like, well, I made it. I made it. I hope you didn't notice that I was like out of energy, but it was like, I, I, I just, that, that fear of like, even people who are close to us, why do we hold back getting vulnerable with them? And that's maybe just me, because I know I do it. But did you ever experience that with people who you were oh, even yeah. close to? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's it's interesting that I brought that up. The idea, so people we love are easy to hurt. So I'll repeat that. People we love are easy to hurt. And they're easy because you know they're going to love you anyways. So imagine you have your parents and they tell you don't go out past cafe time. And you know it's wrong, but you're going to do it. You know, what's the worst could happen? They will be mad for a couple of days and they will probably get over it, right? So because people we love are easy to hurt, subconsciously i also feel like burdening them with certain information sometimes is also a consideration that we may not even think about mm -hmm. that we put into consideration before we share at the same time also as humans we always want to be in this position where everything is all right and when things are not all right Oh, it's really loud. There's this uh, sirens going on in the back. So sorry about that. No, no, um, no. But um, if when, when we're in that position where you feel like, okay, this is a person I love, this is a person I care, but I also fear, like you have this fear of vulnerability. You don't want to be vulnerable with them. So that shows there's some sort of like a wall that all of us carry. All of us keep with us. There's some information that, us and us alone yeah. and then there's past that there's something you share with a close friend and then so it's like layers you're layer one and then there's a layer two of like right. you're gonna tell your parents or your friends and then there's layer three and there's layer four and then there's, there's strangers um but i think it's a very universal phenomenon where people sometimes don't want to hurt the other person's feelings disrupt their day. Like, like a good example, like I would, my, my brother, um, parked his car and there was a kid who is like, like two years old who crawled and l decided to take a nap under the shade of the car. And this guy comes and he, gets in his car and just starts the key and starts driving without knowing that there's actually a kid under the car. So luckily enough, um, the kid heard the sirens, not the sirens, I'm hearing sirens, I got disrupt, <laughs> disrupted by them. Um, the kid heard the engine turn and then the kid decided to like jump, but it wasn't fast enough 
to get away from the car. They got away from the tire. Yeah. Thank goodness, because the tire would just run them over. Yeah. But the car just dragged them, and they got you know mm-hmm. somehow you know bruised and and broke a few bones. Yeah. But the point, the reason I bring that story is that yeah. the, the being able to be vulnerable to share with people um, sometimes you're like. So when you tell the story, do you want people's sympathy? Do you want people to give you support? Um, and in 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 and for me, for for you, let's say you're coming home and someone's like, ah, you know, let's say you have a partner and the partner's like, today I had a great job, the interview was amazing, and they're like in high spirit, everything is amazing, <laughs> and you're like, oh, I just ran over someone, mm-hmm. you know, like. <laughs> So, yeah. so there's all these considerations that go on in our heads yeah. uh, before we start sharing. Uh, and I think that's part of why we, even the people we love, sometimes we are kind of reserved from being vulnerable. Yeah, man. Thank you for that. And thank you for sharing that story. You know, like those are those moments where you're just like, okay, how do I talk about this? And if we if we don't have healthy relationships with people, we may feel like I can't talk about it. Okay, you're or what if you can, what if what if your brother came home and he and, and his partner had a bad day too, and so now that person is sharing their bad day, and you're like, well, do I now like share my bad day on top of your bad <laughs> timing? <laughs> timing is everything. It's like comedy. There gotta be a punchline time. But let me tell you this: everything in life. Everything in life comes down to two things. You ready for this? Tell me. It's security and safety. Mm. Everything. Safety, security. Safety, security. You go to school to get a job. Safety, security. Mm. You find a partner. Safety, security. Money. Safety, security. Everything comes down to safety and security. Mm. And do you know what else comes down to safety and security? It's vulnerability. Being able to feel safe mm-hmm. and secure in the other person, that they're not going to judge you, they're not going to do this, that, and the other, to feel that safety and openness. Mm. That's, that's what puts you in the place of feeling the ability to share whenever whatever things comes up. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. That's huge. You had a couple of nuggets in there that really resonated with me in terms of sharing the stories with people and like people who we people who are people who we love are easy to hurt. And I think that we see that a lot of times with our young men in the work, right? Like they're taking it out there, they're going through all this stuff. And like when the parents are coming, hey, what's going on? Why are you? What's going on? And then they're blast out, right? They're not mad. Mom, they're mad about there's other things, but the person who's coming to care about us, we the, our resistance goes down. So now we're just like landmine mode. And all of a sudden now we've been yelled at somebody who hadn't done anything to us, right? And I think yeah. both sides of that, like how do we how do we get to a place where we can go and be vulnerable and find those ways of finding where are the places to be that are safe and and safe and um security? Like, you know, whatever forward. You know, sometimes I think parents were were worried that their kids were going to talk about things that the parents didn't want them to talk about, right? And I'm like, well, maybe hopefully they talk about it with you. Hopefully there's yeah. enough safety and security there for them to share with you what they're going through. But what if there's not? And I think we because we live in these, these you know, I, my house, your house, your house, and everyone just says I'm going to mind my own business, then the community doesn't get to support the young people who need other voices, yeah, you know, it may yeah. not. And and sometimes young young folks are more comfortable sharing and being vulnerable with their counselor, with their coach, with their teacher more than they are with their parents or their friends. Again, it's being safe. It's feeling secure. It's feeling that this person got your back. Yeah. Uh, is is why we we find we can find ourselves in that spot. Yeah. And even that, even what you just said right there, like absolutely, find it easier to talk to other people, because if I tell my mom, it may be something that my mom did. It may just be 
I think it's going to hurt her. I think it's going to make her, like my mom, when I was getting bullied in middle school, I didn't tell my mom. Like she found out on accident. Like she found out on accident yeah. because I was making like three sandwiches because I was starving. She's like, what's wrong with you, mate? What do, what do you, and I was like, and I was like so hungry that I was, I had no, my lies weren't prepared that day. I didn't eat lunch. What are you talking about I didn't eat lunch? I gave you lunch money. Yeah. And then it was like, yeah. Well, then the story came out, right? But it was like, I had never told her because I didn't, I thought she was going to go to the school. She's going to make me embarrassed. She's going to like, she's going to try and make it stop, but she's going to make it worse before it gets better. Like it was like, and all the things that we do to protect the people, right? Because they are easy to hurt. Like if I tell her this, maybe it's easier to hurt her feelings or hurt, like hurt her well sense of well-being, right? Or But also judge you too, because, because, you know, so one one unpopular example I'm gonna share here. I'm I'm going. I'll begin with a caveat that I I don't support the practice, but it's just an example to make the point. Yeah. That so we we'll take an example: of pedophiles, right? People. Let's say someone who has the desires, but they haven't acted on those desires. Mm. They don't have a place where they can feel safe and secure to seek help because anywhere they go, therapists, teachers, everyone is told like, if someone expresses those feelings or they have the desires to do harm to other people, mm -hmm. then you call the police, right? So it's, a, it's such an extreme example, but just to kind of illustrate the point that everything for anybody to get help, they would need a place where they feel safe, mm -hmm. they feel secure, and they can talk about their darkest secrets and mm -hmm. don't feel judged. Like you being able to have a teacher or a coach or a therapist who is willing to hear you out, even if it may not be a popular opinion, it yeah. may not be something they support, but they are there to hear you out. Yeah. is the reason that a lot of people don't have those bubbles and those places they can go to share. I mean, the pedophile example is a little extreme, but I wanted to make the point. No, but I think that, and, and thank yeah. you for bringing it. I think that what young people, when young people are going through traumatic situations, even the other side of it, right? If you have been, something has happened to you or an individual, where do you go, right? Where do you go? to talk about it and without worrying, like if you don't have a therapist, let's say you're a kid, right? Like I can't, okay, I can't tell mom, I can't tell the uncle, I can't, they're gonna think bad of me, they're gonna, and so they, they internalize a lot of the stuff that happens, right? So then, and then either it becomes worse because the desire becomes more, or they have to self-medicate or take some other things to kind of ignore it. Yeah. Hmm. Is there anything else uh, as you were making your card, as you were thinking about it? And I think you may have been, have, have you been to any of the ex activities when I've done this activity? Have you, have you participated in this ever? Um, I, I, I kind of escaped my mind, but I'm pretty sure I have because you and I have crossed paths a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was like, as you think about people who, you know, we have a goal of collecting a million masks, right? We've collected right now close to 50,000 we have a long way to go. I don't know a million people, but the question is, do you think, or not, well, do you think, um, what do you think would be the hardest thing about getting people to be willing, even with an anonymous tool, like a picture on a piece of paper and six words, what do you think would be the, the way to encourage more people to, to take on this, take on this challenge, to be, be a part of this movement? Safety and security. <laughs> that's your answer right there like getting people to a safe place but also the why right yeah. why like why what you're really asking people for is their time and mm. their mental capacity to go there to go to that place of vulnerability so first question is why so you got to give them the reason mm. and the second question is do you create a, not, a safe enough space that people can share? Right. So my, like I, there was a program, I don't, I don't know if that platform still exists. It was called Post Secret. 
mm. was started by some dude and people yeah. would write these cards and send them to his address like his home address that's right back in the day before the internet and then he would um pick the like he'll get millions of cards to his home address uh over time and it's basically a card like yours where people <laughs> just write a secret they've held for a long time they yeah. can't tell anyone but they really want to get it off their chest so anonymously they just write on a card and they post it and they send it to some random guy yeah millions of people did that and when the internet came around he decided to take pictures of these cards and post them on the internet and i think to this day still does that but what that platform at least mechanism creates is this anonymous um space for people to talk about their darkest secrets without feeling like the eyes or the you know they're, they're going to be on the front page of the newspaper or television tomorrow yeah so i think you could create a way to give people that space where someone can talk about their darkest darkest secret but still don't feel vulnerable like even like right now so i can write things here yeah it you caveated the conversation by saying whatever you feel comfortable with right there could be something that's extra dark than this but because we're like in prime time tv time (laughs) i gotta go a little safer right and and it's the same with you like you could have one of the darkest things you really don't feel like it's prime time type of content but it is dark and it's eating you up so i think creating a safety and secure space for people to share and not feel like they're being watched is one good space to start man well take a breath let's take a breath Hmm. man you know this is this has been our work for the last couple years of really giving people creating a space for them to do that you know and uh i'm really glad that you you joined us today is there anything else that you want to say about the mask experience um, that that maybe to young people out there, you know, you have a teenager, right? Who, like anything out there you want to say to young people who are like battling with like this mask? Like, is there any word of a word, a sentence, a quote that you want to leave to inspire folks to like find those safe and secure places? How do you find those places? I don't know. I don't know. No, I think understanding that this too will come to pass is very important Um, nothing in life is permanent only death is and even death itself is not permanent (laughs) you know you die one form a week later you're in a different form so nothing in life is permanent whatever you're going through it may feel insurmountable right now. It may feel it's very hard to overcome, but I can tell you from firsthand experience that this too will come to pass. Um, and you know, the other thing I think I would I would share and that really helps me navigate life is positive attitude can go a long way, even in situations that don't call for it. So you may find yourself in a hurting position, like you're pushed in the corner and you really feel like, you know, the world is coming to an end. Um, But trying to pull within you, and all of us have it within us, some positive energy to show you some light on the other end, at the end of this tunnel, at the end of this fight, um, you you will you will pull through you will pull through and um support positive attitude requires two ingredients Mm -hmm. faith and hope and i don't mean faith in terms of like you know religion or you know that some people are religious and believers and that's where they pull their faith that's great but all of us need an outside source of energy 
could be the universe, it could be something that's larger than yourself, that when hope fails you, sometimes you're pushed in the corner and, the, and you're pushed so hard and you feel like hope is running out. Mm. And that's when you turn to faith because faith is outside you and it's looking in and saying, I got you, just keep mm -hmm. fighting. So faith and hope can keep fueling the positive attitude to power through whatever you may be going through. Man, that's a nugget. That's a mic drop right there. Man. <laughs> Thank you, man. Well, listen, Chris, why don't you tell folks what you're up to, how they can follow you, uh, tell them where they can find your podcast. Like, Tell us how uh, the folks who are listening can get in touch with you and learn more or connect with you. No, thank you. Thank you for that opportunity. But um, yeah, no, so everywhere in the on the internet, I'm at Chris Ategeka from Twitter to Instagram to uh, all the platforms. Um, and my personal website is my full names, ChristopherAtegeka.com. Um, I have a podcast. It's about gratitude and giving gratitude to people in our lives whose shoulders we stand on. Uh, it's called Gratitude Tribe. So just find it with my name, uh, just Chris Atigeka, then type in podcast. You'll find it in all places where podcasts hang out. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Man, thank you for being here. And, you know, for any of you out there who want to create a mask, you can also do that at 100kmasks.com. So thank you for Chris for being a part of this journey with us and for coming on here and sharing some, some nuggets. So I hope you wrote down those nuggets of two things. There's a couple of two things on their list that we got to really think about. And I really thank you for being here today and uh, look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you. Thank you, man. If what you heard today, you enjoyed, if you've listened to this and you found something inspiring, please like and subscribe to this podcast. That's the best way for someone to uh, find this podcast, maybe like you did. Uh, please tell someone about it. If you know, listen to some of our previous episodes, and if one of them rings out to you, please share it with somebody you know. Uh, we also invite people to join us in a face-to-face -face where they come together with another person to make a mask and talk about that mask together. There's short conversations, about 20, 30 minutes. So if that's something that's interesting to you, please uh, send us a message, send us a, in the comments below, let us know that you're interested in that. And we look forward to you joining the movement of the Million Mask Movement. And check out our new shirt. I don't know if you, how you can, if you can see it, but this is our new shirt, the Million Mask Movement. And so uh, we'll have these soon available, uh, but we look forward to you being a part of the movement and supporting our work. Uh, please consider supporting the work that we do in Ever Forward and in the work that we do in the Million Mask Movement to let people around the world realize that they're not alone. Thank you.